The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which not to be confused with the documentary. There was a documentary was that ask. came out 21 years ago. Yeah, yeah, same name. Yeah, have you seen this documentary? I tried to watch it before. No. I didn't get time, unfortunately. I wanted to watch it to compare, but I have not seen the film. I'd like to watch the documentary, but I have never seen it, but I am well aware of it. And I'm so happy that I was able to see this film because I didn't think I was going to be able to. As I mentioned kind of earlier in the show, I wasn't able to see The Eyes of Tammy Faye through the Toronto International Film Festival. It was not available through virtual. However, it did get a release this past week. I think like a wide release. Uh, That said, I don't think critics are loving it that much. Um, It's it's one of those movies. It kind of came out. And I think The Knives kind of came out for this one. And it's about two real life people, televangelists, uh, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker, played by Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain. And I will say, I, and this is directed by Michael Showalter, who I don't think we've, gosh, we don't, we haven't talked about him too much on this show. I mean, Wet Hot American Summer, of course. I think the only time we probably, we talked about The Big Sick, I know, but I don't think we, oh, we did talk about The Lovebirds, didn't we? Yes, The Lovebirds, a terrible film. I would say that's more embarrassing than whenever you, you I like that of, movie. Uh, Cry Macho. I'd watch well, that over Cry Macho. Yeah, easily. That's that's why we're two different people. <laughs> well, there you go. So, Michael Showalter. I like I like Michael Showalter just fine. Uh, yeah, is- I mean, outside of The Lovebirds, I think he's a very talented writer. And, yeah. Uh, I, I've enjoyed uh, his work as an uh, actor, writer, and to some extent as a filmmaker, though I think he's been... Uh, more miss and hit as a director outside of, uh, like we said, The Big Sick. And I also like um, Search Party, what I've seen of it. I know he's directed for that show Still as well. Still haven't gotten into I, that. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to, though. Um, did yeah. you like Hello, My Name is Doris? I know we brought it up before. Oh, yeah, that show. was a pretty good one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not the most memorable or uh, uh, endearing film, but I, I remember, uh, I think I reviewed it and I saw it and I liked it. And I, I think okay. I primarily liked it for uh, Sally Field's performance. But uh, yeah, that was a decent film. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if... If you're listening and you're just like, well, I don't know, I haven't seen all that stuff. He did write Wet Hot American Summer, which I guess is one of his bigger things. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so The Eyes of Tammy Faye, as I mentioned before, this was one of those movies where I was excited to see it because this one hits home. This one hits personal for me, right? There's stuff that happens in this movie you are that I'm I'm connected to and like a per like I was I wasn't there because this movie doesn't take place necessarily, but I was there kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) like um, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to the my screening rep before, and I was like, "Yeah, frankly, you know, it was kind of before my time in the screen." I was like, "It was before my time." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I guess, yeah." So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah. But uh, the events of this film are well known to me. I mean, so so I I want to get this out of the way, right? The setup for this film and the documentary as well, which again I haven't seen, but I remember when the documentary came out. This movie is about two people who kind of made it big in the televangelism scene, right? Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker. They get married in the 1960s. They join CBN. They created the 700 Club, which exists to this day through Pat Robertson, something I think a lot more people will probably remember. Now, my parents remember Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. I know that for sure. They like would watch that like program or whatever. They were doing that show, I think, from like Charlotte, North Carolina, I think, for the longest time, and then eventually California, if I'm not mistaken. But in this movie, Jerry Falwell is portrayed by Vincent D'Onofrio. 
Now, well, I got to ask you, inter- Jerry Fowle, do you know anything about this man? Uh, yeah, I know he was uh, not a great guy. I mean, even outside of this movie, he's not fondly remembered by a lot of people. Not but a I lot of people he... he is, but a lot of people he's not. Is it true, though, that a lot of the like dirt came out after he died? No, no. Okay. Was, was oh, the stuff we... coming out before he... When did he, did he die in 2015? He died in 2007. I was there. Oh, seven? Okay. I uh, I was within like a square mile of his death. So oh, wow. for listeners who do not know wow. this about me, I attended Jerry Falwell's church for a long, long time. Uh, so Jerry Falwell, well-known segregationist and little Puerto Rican John Negroni, uh, kind of grew up in his world, right? My parents moved to Virginia when I was a little kid, Okay. Lynchburg, Virginia, which is where his church started. And I don't talk about this on the show that much. I've been saving it, I guess. And a lot of this stuff comes up in the movie. So it was, this is a surreal experience. I mean, watching this movie, I'm just, I remember so much of this stuff, uh, mainly because Jerry Falwell, he's kind of the villain of this movie, right? And that tracks. Oh my mm. word, does it track? Will Ash and I have to tell you in the 90s and the 2000s, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye were punchlines for the yes. people in the Jerry Falwell orbit. Like Jerry Falwell would preach sermons. I remember him talking ill of Jim Baker. I remember him getting into detail about the gay agenda and if you like the dangers of that sort of thing, right? And he mm-hmm. would reference Tammy Faye. He would reference these people who were too nice. Or, you know, Jim Baker's sort of like connections to that community and all this stuff. And they were like a cautionary tale. And impressionable John Agroni growing up in that church. Will, what do you think happened? I grew up not knowing the truth. I grew up thinking all this stuff. And I was telling you about this after I saw the movie that it wasn't until Jerry Fumble died in 2007. Again, I went to the high school connected to the church. I went to the college, the the middle school, the elementary school. I was in that world. indoctored into the whole thing. I was, yes, I, I yeah. played tennis with his grandkids, right? Oh, and geez, I didn't realize it was that. Ex- wow. Okay. His grandkids, Trey Falwell and Wesley Falwell, two of the worst human beings I've ever met in my entire life. I was, gonna, I was going to cheekily ask they if you kept sucked. in touch. Oh, they were the worst. Okay. I couldn't stand okay. them. But okay. yes. Even we were, at the time? Like you were, even yes. when you were like fully indoctored, you were, uh, you were oh, not I about could, them? Okay. Oh, I couldn't stand them, Willash, and they were insufferable. And like all this stuff okay. has come out about that family ever since. You're right. But sure. Uh, the, the 2015 stuff, listeners? You're, you're thinking of, sorry, you're thinking of his son, Jerry Falwell Jr., similarly yes. a terrible human being, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, my familiarity, I think, of the uh, Tammy Faye and Jimmy, or uh, yeah, uh, Jim Baker saga, I think, began and ended with the church lady skit from SNL, which uh, uh, somewhat amusingly to me, prominently, or not prominently, but like somewhat prominently features into the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just remember that. And I remember the like the big crying mascara running face, like the big puffy face that was like on shirts and all that stuff with Tammy Faye. And I, I think that's also the poster for the documentary. Um, I just remember that. That was like the whole thing I, I knew about Tammy Faye was that like she was like, you know, known for like kind of crying and her hysterics and like all these different, you know, outbursts and all this stuff. And like she was like basically kind of like a caricature 
Yeah. Or like, you know, like a, like a, a cartoon. Bag. Yeah. A punching bag. Like, yeah. Even outside of the, um, the, your experience with it, like it, my limited experience, just that like these people are clowns or weirdos and like Tammy Faye, especially because the nineties, as we know, were not especially kind to women, uh, in particular evangelistic well. women's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, we got it. We got to mention this. I mean, this also, and this movie posited posits it. They were sort of that way in the evangelical community as well. Like as I'm sort of getting to, they were charismatic, right? And so Thomas Road, the church that I went to, and all that stuff in Lynchburg, Virginia. That's where I grew up. They they were punch they were punchlines. I mean, the idea of being charismatic. Jerry Falwell would make jokes all the time about Presbyterians, about Episcopalians and Pentecostals and all this stuff. That was like kind of his thing. He was a pretty miserable man. And I knew him personally. Uh, you know, like my parents would have like dinner with him and stuff. And like, I met him a bunch of times and I, you know, I, I, I can't say that I, like, I didn't know the guy super well or anything like that. I mean, he was a big mega church pastor, but it was one of those things I didn't, I didn't realize how famous he was until he died. Like he died. And I remember like people were talking about it on like Fox news and stuff. And I was like, wait, what, why would they talk about that on like people know him. Why are they talking about Uncle Jerry? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like I, I yeah. genuinely did not realize that he was that well known. Mm-hmm. I thought he was kind of like pretty well known in like the region. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah, to see him played by Vincent D'Onofrio in this movie was something else. And I'd say D'Onofrio does a pretty good job, actually. He doesn't nail Jerry Falwell, you know, in terms of like his mannerisms and all that stuff. I mean, it's hard to do. I mean, I think that Jerry well, had yeah. like a Jerry. He had such a specific personality on screen, you know, like on the old time mm-hmm. gospel hour and in his sermons. He's a he's a kind of a different guy in like behind closed doors. And I think that's what D'Onofrio is kind of going after. And yes. I'm, I'm kind of impressed by how he was how he went for not how he avoided, excuse me, the low hanging fruit of that kind of performance. Well, I think it's kind of crucial that he does that, right? Because yeah. the Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain performances are deliberately more self-conscious. They're more about the visual presentation of their their characters because they have to kind of fit into a certain mold. Whereas uh, Vincent D'Onofrio has, I think, a little bit more freedom as an actor to kind of play it, uh, you know, as a character, as a as, as a as a human, you know, obviously one that that is embittered and willing to like, you know, sabotage people's career for his own personal well-being, but one that, uh, you know, has more burning resentment, more ties to like a grounded humanity than the, uh, heightened buffoonery of our two main characters. Right. And it absolutely tracks. I mean, people don't know, I guess this isn't public knowledge, but I mean, Jerry Falwell, he, he bragged about how much of a betrayer he was in general. I mean, the dude, I remember like one of the things he would always bring up is how he literally stole his best friend's fiance, Maisel Falwell or Mabel Falwell, Maisel, I think. Like literally in the 1950s, his best friend was engaged to someone and he convinced her to dump him and ended up marrying her. Like that kind of sets the tone, doesn't it? Like Will Ashton... I can't imagine, like, if you did that to me, I'd be so upset. I wouldn't be you able would to forgive be you. A little peeved, a little, a little uh, protrubed, I guess, uh, if then, that happened. <laughs> but then literally the guy that he did this to would talk about it, and they were still friends because I don't even know. <laughs> like, I mean, well, it's, that's kind of like the Dick Cheney thing, up. right, where he shot the guy in the face and the guy had to apologize for it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> it's exactly like that. Uh, but anyway, so this movie is kind of covering a, a different version of this story. I know I'm getting a little personal with it, but you know, this movie tracks like decades in the life of these two people, these very charismatic preachers, their rise and their fall and everything. And when I was watching this movie, I wasn't very familiar with the critical reception. And I could have sworn, you know, Will, when I watched this, this is coming out through Searchlight, by the way, I was thinking, oh my word, Jessica Chastain, shoo-in for a nomination here. This is a fantastic performance. I mean, this this performance is golden. I mean, I, I thought it was so well done. She captures a single character through the course of several decades. Every version of the character rings true. And I think that she's so good. She overshadows Garfield in a lot of ways. I think Andrew Garfield, in my opinion, is kind of the weak link of this movie. Not because of the actor. I don't think he's doing a bad job here. I think the script doesn't care about him. And to the film's detriment, it kind of like leaves him kind of high and dry because there are things about him I think the movie fails to explore that would have sure. informed Tammy a little bit better. But no, the film is focused intently on Tammy Faye in this movie. And I think in a good way because Jessica Chastain, this is one of my favorite Jessica Chastain performances in general. I think she's killing it here. But after looking at the critical reception, I don't know if she's even going to get a nomination now, which I think is kind of sad. This is a really good performance, in my opinion. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the intent of the film is just like, from what I can tell, like I said, I'm far from an expert on the subject. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got the sense that like the the general Baker story was just like Jim Baker is kind of, you know, the criminal uh, in this, you know, the, the, the one that the media went after. And then he had this hysteric wife that sang and did these weird bombastic things. And uh, this movie's on her side. A hundred percent. And the documentary, I, that's why I wanted to watch because the documentary, I wanted to, for one, have a better understanding of who the real Tammy Faye was. But also I've heard that the documentary, it, it's trying to sympathize and human, uh, humanize her. Yeah. yeah. But also it, it, there is like kind of like a, a voyeuristic, carnivalistic quality to the documentary as well. And that like, it's like kind of like, look how weird this lady is. Like, it's also kind of like taking the piss out of her. I've heard from some people. I don't know. I guess I haven't seen it. And I've heard that this new movie is like, ironically, even more so than documentary trying to humanize her beyond that and being like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like this lady has been through a lot. Like you don't get the point C without having to go through points B and A. Yeah. And I, it positions yeah. her as a victim. It's like, yeah, yeah. She's been right. victimized her whole life. And, you know, I think this movie has some uplifting messages for a person like that. Like, There's literally a scene in this year that almost made me cry toward the end sure. where she's like befriending some teenagers. And I was like, go, go you. I don't think this is real. I don't think this has really happened, but still. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I guess for me, where I find myself a bit mixed on the film, and like I said, I'm, I'm not really a, an expert on the subject or know much about Tammy Faye as a person or as a media figure, but I think the movie is trying to kind of stride this line where it's acknowledging that she is this larger-in-life, absurd person, but also she has these deep human feelings and that she's been through a lot and she's, you know ached and had to deal with all these traumas and difficulties and resentments and bitter feelings from other people or herself throughout her life. And I think it's a very, very fine line that has to cross. And I think sometimes it gets it right. And I think a lot of other times it's a tightrope that doesn't quite excel at or excel, I mean. I, I guess like I, I know this movie has some problems. I have some problems with this movie. I think for me, and I just want to go over this really quick. I think the issues with this movie are more about what it leaves out 
And that's yes. it. There's For a lot instance, going on in this movie. I mean, I think that it's yeah. hard to cover it in the runtime, which already was kind of long. I think that it, it probably was a little bit too long, to be honest. But yeah, at the same I mean, that's time, it's over mm-hmm. two hours. But like, there's so much here. There's so much material. I mean, these people went through so much and it kind of skips over a lot of stuff. It skips over a lot of stuff like criminal too, that they got into. And I feel like we're missing the full picture, but I think where I just, I fall on this movie side a hundred percent because I love Jessica Chastain in this. I think that's what it comes down to. I think that I have been wanting a performance like this from Chastain for a while. I think that her career has kind of suffered setback after setback. I think It Chapter 2, I thought, was such a letdown in terms of what we know she's capable of. Uh, Miss Sloan and Molly's Game and Interstellar. Even something like The Martian, which I thought, like, you know, utilized, you know, her talents to a good degree. She's not the star of that film, really, and I don't think she's a big part of it. I think people remember her a lot for Lawless. They remember her for Zero Dark Thirty, which is kind of embarrassing in retrospect. This, to me, feels like the movie that's like, no, Jessica Chastain is a force, and we should... Like, this movie goes through Tammy Faye's young life and has such a difficult job. It starts with this this image, this representation of Tammy Faye, the one you know of, right, who is like, permanently make up like a person who has all of these insecurities and it's, it's kind of cringy, you know, you're just sort of like cringing for this person. And then it takes you back in time. It walks you through her as a kid, but then it goes into Chastain. And I, you know, I kind of likened this movie to being like the Irishman, but for televangelists, the way that it does all the de-aging and the, I don't think it does CGI de-aging, but it does a lot of like makeup and prosthetic de-aging, which I think is a lot of it really works actually. But we see her like she pulls off like a 19 year old woman, despite being in her forties, almost perfectly. I was bought, I bought it. Well, I don't know about you. I guess not. But I mean, I was like so transfixed and immersed in this movie. I didn't feel the runtime because of it. And I think it's Chastain. Mm. I think she carries this movie in more. I, she's Tammy Faye in real life. Tammy Faye carried the whole thing. Underappreciated. Yeah, you don't get the complaint about 90 year old Clint Eastwood anymore. Uh, after that comment, whatever. Uh, I, nope. Not even, she's only in her forties though. I mean, if she was a little, no, older. I, I, what I mean is that like, I, I don't think it's as, uh, egregious an age gap. I just don't, I never bought that. She was, uh, 19. Uh, we got a different there. Yeah. I, I bought it. I was in, I was like, you, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the I acting, me, even though she doesn't look it, I, I think she acts it perfectly though. That's where I, I don't really take much issue with her performance. Um, but I think where I guess I differ is that considering Michael Showalter is the director of the film, I guess I guess I just was expecting something more transgressive or something that was willing to be more provocative or willing to kind of like explore the, the material in a way that wasn't so narratively linear or at least so conventional in this in the way that this movie is, I think, for the most part. Because, like we mentioned, it's trying to convey a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah, and I think talky. by doing so... It, it's not I a set-piece kind of movie. I think it gets its points across, but it does so in, I think, a largely sort of superficial fashion. Like, I think it makes its points. Like, I think... Where the movie is most interesting to me is where it actually dives into Tammy Faye's relationship with the uh, LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And I think that's the aspect of the film that really should be explored more because that's the, the complexity of the character that I find most 
beguiling. And I think that's where her legacy is primarily at this point. Because, and, and as far as like her like reevaluation as a celebrity figure. Right. She became an icon. That, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I think the movie just kind of just like does a lot of, uh, um, you know, like just like acknowledges it in, this, in, a, in a pretty prominent scene, maybe one of my favorites from the film, but in a way that just kind of feels like hand waving, just like, oh, yeah, we have to acknowledge like this, you know, thing about her that's, you know, in retrospect, I think maybe one of the more crucial key things, especially uh, for the evangelical fair, community. I think yeah. it's fair to say they thread it through the movie. I mean, the whole movie in general kind of gets into the the difficulties and the imbalances between the Baptist world, uh, the more fundamental evangelical world and the sort of more progressive yes. Christianity. I think where the movie falls also, short, but, which yeah. I would voice to is the prosperity gospel aspect of it, mm-hmm. which this is not the Joel Osteen era, right? Yeah. This is not, but it is the precursor to it. And I think the film kind of pulls its punches on that a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it, it could have gone a little bit farther on how they sort of set the stage for that. The hypocrisy of it, the the sort of like abundance of wealth and and how they push people to do certain things. But I blame kind of I kind of blame Andrew Garfield and the writing around his character for that. I think that's where his character is supposed to supplant the movie. And I just don't think he's much of a a presence in this I, he really falls to the wayside in this movie for some weird reason and even though it's i don't i don't get why it's andrew garfield let's go yeah and i guess i i take i guess less issue with andrew garfield's performance because i think he falls in the same issue they have with chastain and show walter as a filmmaker which is just that i don't 100 percent know what their their main takeaway is here i guess i i get like broadly speaking they want to explore Tammy Faye beyond the media headlines, beyond the jokes and the punchlines and just see her humanity. But like we said, because because she's buried under mountains of makeup, because she is like putting on this affectation, because she is trying to live up to the characteristics or the, the kind of broad aspects of Tammy Faye's character, I just don't – and because the narrative itself is so condensed that I just don't think – those humane moments really get enough time to breathe and shine. And I think that's where the film loses what its core purpose is. And I think that's where more of the like broader SNLS touches kind of come into play because the performance kind of feels so heightened without some of the kind of more raw tender moments. And there are some of those, I think particularly towards the middle, uh, which is where I found the movie, I think it's most intriguing, but I just think because it doesn't allow itself fully to explore both Tammy Faye or Jim Baker as people, which I think was the, the core purpose of the film that kind of mm. loses its way as it goes along. And I think that's why I wasn't able to fully emotionally connect with the film beyond just kind of the broad strokes of it. See, yeah, where I, where I totally disagree is I think, I think it gets Tammy Faye down pat. And I, I think that it totally covers it to me, I think to the detriment of covering Andrew Garfield and Jim Baker in general. And I think it, it does that in a way to sort of like almost salvage her reputation. I, I like this movie so much. I really did, man. I, I, I was so into it and I, I found this, this whole reimagining the movie. of the story. Yeah, really do. I, you know, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, God, God loves this movie, yeah. but no, yeah. like I, I just remember watching it and it, 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 yeah, part of it is because a lot of it's personal to me and it's, it is, it is fascinating to watch a film that kind of happened in my backyard growing up that I have a periphery to, that I have an understanding to, and I have my criticisms there for sure. I'm not the most reliable narrator for this kind of movie, but I just don't think we can say enough like good things about how Jessica Chastain 
really just like centers this movie around such a strong performance. And I get it. It's not going to be for everybody. I think it's for me. It's for Abby Olchessy. I know that. Uh, former sure. co-host of the show. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I was curious what she felt about the film. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it's for all those, you know, those goofy little kids like us who grew up in grew up in church, you know, like these, the Baptist uh, church. And, well, you were in the you were in the Catholic world, I think. Um, yes. You know. Um, yeah, I'm in uh, in traitor territory there. Right on. Yeah, yeah, and we love you for it. You know, Need so. that Catholic guilt. <laughs> Whereas this movie is like the yeah the the Baptist overconfidence, you know, the sort of like think you know everything and then watch your pride get the best of you kind of thing, and. Yeah. I mean, I'd say if you're if you're a listener and you're just like, well, guys, you know, I haven't seen a lot of movies and I've seen God's Not Dead and God's Not Dead 2. I don't know what to watch next. Watch this. I think I'll have a good time. Sure. I think you'll get something out of it. Honestly, I, I think I think people who of like different persuasions than us, you know, religiously and politically, maybe would probably find some interesting material here. So I, I think in that way, it's not a crowd pleaser, but it's a crowd winner. And uh, in other ways, I'd say. So I, I go to bat for the eyes of Tammy Faye. I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, I was blind, but now I see this movie. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from you for, for enjoying the film. And I wish I had similar high feelings on it. And I think I'll ultimately find it to be an all right film. Like, I think it's competently made, even despite my issues with some of the uh, narrative limitations of the film. But I, yeah, I just, I guess emotionally, the more I think about the film, the more I find myself just wanting like I think it, it touches on some key things I think what it does say and comment on Tammy Faye's legacy is interesting but only to some extent I find it frustrating that it doesn't fully I think reckon with her influence and her media personality in a way that's beyond the kind of just like broad strokes of it and I, I think you know like you said if, if you're looking for a fairly conventional but uh you know uh, mostly earnest film in some respects I, I don't think this is going to be disappointing i guess for me expecting something like i said maybe more transgressive more willing to to uh explore different territories and take more creative risk i guess the the movie left me wanting in that respect but uh yeah i mean it's not a terrible film or anything like that i just hey, i guess it might I even be a great have, film yeah. depending on who you ask yeah, <laughs> I do. Better I do than really like the big sick. Yeah. Uh, um, Much better. You're right. I, yeah. I, I think Cry Macho has more compelling things to say, mm. but I I can respect what you get out of the film, and I I hope people like it. This is this is such a one for you, one for me kind of thing. You mm. know, if if you, yes. if there ever was a week where <laughs> two films just yeah. hit us in totally different ways, Will, what's your guess? What do you think this did on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, so I saw earlier this week that was at 74%. I don't know. Based on the way you're talking, it sounds like it's lower. So I'm going to say 68%. Very close. 67%. It's dropping, Mm. but not if I have anything to say about it. My review is going to come out soon and I want to, I want to bump it up a decimal point if I can. What about audience score? Audience score. I'm going to say, um, 62%. Oh, way off. 80%. And you know why? Audiences are are digging it. Why? You know why, Will Ashton? It's because audiences don't, they're not listening to the critics. They're not listening to you or me. They know what they want. And what they want is Tammy Faye. And they're having a Tammy Faye kind of day. Yay. Hooray. So you haven't seen Righteous Gemstones, right? No. 
Okay, I really want you to watch Righteous Gemstones after this. I might someday, Just, maybe in a few years. It's on HBO. I I really like that show, and I think I I think because I like that show so much, I might dislike a little bit uh, Tammy Faye because I think what that show has to say about the media evangelical families and stuff like that is a lot more interesting and willing to be darker and weirder with it uh, than this film. But that's neither here nor there, I guess. Cinema score. Do you know the cinema score for this one? I imagine audiences liked it. Maybe didn't love it. I'll say B. B plus. Okay. You're losing your touch. I think that uh... they like it. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it makes sense, I guess. That's Eyes of Tammy Faye. An easy recommend for me, but yeah, it's not not Will Ashton's Holy Water. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, I'm using the wrong religiosity for that, but whatever. Uh, it's sure. available to watch right now in theaters, and I don't know if it's ever going to come to a streaming service. It's Searchlights, if so, it would come to Hulu, Hulu. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. At Don't some point. But yeah, check they, it out if you yeah. dare. It's over 126 minutes long. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.